What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Redemption Youth Podcast. We hope that you are blessed by this message. If you have any questions or prayer requests, please feel free to email us at youth at redemptionchurch.co.za. Have a great day. Lord Jesus, we are just so grateful this morning for your goodness and for your presence. Thank you for this time of worship. Thank you that we get to come here every week. Thank you for this privilege to be in South Africa, to be in Johannesburg, to be here where we can just meet with you regularly and learn and grow in a safe and amazing space, Lord. And Holy Spirit, we just want to give you space in this room this morning to do what you want to do, to minister to us the way only you can. God, we want real, we want authentic, we want genuine, and we come to you with that expectation, Lord. Show us yourself, show us your face, show us your heart, show us your goodness. We have expectation, Lord, there's a lot of noise out there in the world, but we would like your voice to become more prominent. And so this morning, we invite you into our lives, into our space, into this room. Please, God, have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everybody. Let's give the band a hand this morning. Welcome to church. Welcome to youth. It's good to be here today. I just want to encourage you guys is that, you know, God is as real as the air we breathe, you know. Um, If you you could be living in the desert and hear about water and you could hear about things that are wet and because you're in a desert and you've never really seen water, doesn't mean that it doesn't exist, right? So when we hear of the spiritual side of life, when we hear about God, it's, it's tough to comprehend because this world is a desert and God is the water. Um, but really when we, when we invite him in and we invite him to show us the water, he's faithful to, to come through for us. He will show us himself. He will give us a taste. He will give us a drink. And so... I don't necessarily know where you're at with your relationship with God, but I'm sure that most of us in this room have said, uh, you know, the salvation prayer once or twice or however many times, and we've, we, we've heard about Jesus, we know Jesus, and, you know, there's this thing in our heart like, Jesus, I want to know you. I don't know why it's so hard and sometimes why it feels so empty and silent, but I want to encourage you guys that keep inviting God in keep giving him room and he will come through because I wouldn't be standing here today if it wasn't for the goodness and the grace of God. Um, And so there's even other people in this room that have experienced God. Um, So God is not avoiding you. Um, He's he's not shutting you out. He's not making you suffer. Um, He just needs your constant invitation because he's not forceful. He's not going to force blessings on you. He's not going to force his presence on you. We need to go to him. We need to invite him in. So keep pressing in. Keep having faith that it's going to work out, that God is going to become more real to you than the air that you breathe because I'm here today because I believe. Um, Because I just, there's just this deep knowing that I know my God. I know he's real. I know he's always working things out for my good. He's blessing me. He's protecting me. He's looking after me. He has all things figured out and he's working all things out for my good. And so I'm not just saying that for me. I'm not perfect. 
um, I, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes, but God keeps picking me up after I fall. And he's going to do it for you. So let that be like a testimony and an encouragement. God is working for you. He is on your side. He loves you. You're precious to him. So um, we're we're speaking about a message today um, that actually comes out of a little exercise we did last week. Who remembers that in small groups we asked you guys two simple questions? Damn, seven days must be a long time. It was just last week. We asked you two questions, and I wanted to ask these questions because I heard something in a very good podcast that said, um, you're only as valuable as to the level of problems that you can solve. So, and then they said, you can only solve the problems that you acknowledge. So if you think that there's nothing wrong with you, you'll never grow because you can't acknowledge that there's room for growth in your life and that maybe you have some problems, or maybe you have some blind spots, maybe you have some weaknesses. And so what I did last week was I I wanted to figure out, okay, we're all definitely going through something. I would be lying to myself if I thought that just because I saw a lot of your faces every week here at youth, that everything was fine and dandy, everything's sunshine and daisies, and we're all okay. We're all still going through something, right? And it's a struggle. It's a battle. it's, It's somehow, God, why is it not over... Uh, in overnight, you know, why does it keep showing up week after week, mo- month after month? Like, when are these struggles eventually going to fall off, God? And so, I wanted to find out what are those struggles because I'm not going to pretend also that I know exactly what to talk about when I come up here on a Sunday. Like, a lot of the time, it really is just God putting something on my heart, but at the same time, I need to acknowledge that, that you actually have what I need. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what it's like to be in high school in 2023. I graduated at the end of 2015, uh, just before the best summer ever, according to Instagram, in 2016. I don't know why they still celebrate it. I don't remember it being that big a deal. Um, but I need, I, I'm also, I'm not going to call myself humble enough, but aware enough to acknowledge that I don't know everything and that I need help constantly. And so I needed your guys' help to tell me what it is that you actually need help with, what it is that you actually need God to minister into those areas. So like you can go through the generic things and you can read the the generic Bible verses, but I wanted to know specifically, like what are the people in this room, because you are the people that matter to me, what are the people in this room, what are you guys going through? And so I summarized it all on a tally chart and I'll just let you guys know some of the things that popped up. So there was two questions I asked. Please tell us two to three things that you're struggling with personally and two to three things that you think our generation are struggling with. And so I wanted to also say thank you for the people that, that were honest and that actually wrote down what's on your hearts and what's bothering you in your lives because that's a huge step. That's what the Bible would call bringing a problem into the light because you're acknowledging it and you're giving it to Jesus. So thank you for your honesty and thank you for your vulnerability because it's not easy. It's not easy to think about our blind sides. It's not easy to think about our weaknesses. It's not easy to think about the things that are holding us back. So thank you to all of you. Can we give everybody here a a round of applause? The first step to recovery and growth is acknowledgement. And so that is a huge step for all of you. So I wanna encourage you, you guys are growing. It takes... You know, even, even if it's anonymous and you don't have to put your name on the page and no one is ever going to know who wrote what card, it takes guts. 
It takes balls, kahunas. Um, so that's a big step. I, don't, I want to acknowledge that. So I'm going to list, uh, I've got a list here, and I'll just read out what some of the personal struggles were that people had written down. Some people struggled saying no. Some people struggled finding good friends. Some people are struggling with their school, uh, their future of look, looking for universities. So a lot of people were struggling with their grades um, and saying that they would like to have higher grades. A lot of people were uh, kind of worried about getting into the right school. A few people were um, struggling with consistency, discipline, diligence, and focus. Um, some people were struggling with growth or change. A lot of people were struggling with self-love, approval, confidence, and self-esteem. Um, a few people were struggling that they're following the crowd. Some people were struggling with wisdom and guidance. Um, a few people, actually a good amount of people, were saying that they struggle with communication, public speaking, and talking. I understand. It doesn't look like it from up here, but I, I do understand. So one person was struggling with honesty. One person was struggling with fear of rejection, but I'm sure that's a lot more of us. Um, some people were struggling with opening up, some with overthinking. Some people were battling with um, provision and their finances in their family. A few, quite a few people were saying that they wanted to do well in their sports, which is cool. Um, a few people were kind of worried about their future, their careers, or their success. Some people were worried for their protection. A few people um, wrote some, some struggles with their families. Um, and I want to let you guys know that God is, wants to minister into that space. And then the, probably the, the highest number of um, things written down was things relating to mental health, anxiety, uh, depression and stress, and I even took a smaller tally on which one's got the most. Anxiety came out on top, depression came second, stress uh, was third. Um, so we have, we're going to minister into that space this morning. Uh, a good amount of people said they were struggling with insecurity, and I think that's a lot more of us than we tend to admit. Some people were saying that they were struggling with their relationships with God, and some people were saying that they were struggling with b being bullied. Um, so we're going to try to minister into all of these spaces today. So thank you for, for those points and for your honesty, because now we can actually say, okay, now let's, let's talk about these things. Let's talk about it. And then uh, so the, the next question was, what, about, what is our generation struggling with? And a lot of people said, uh, our generation needs God. Uh, our generation are struggling with uh, poor decision-making. Uh, some people said that our generation lacks compassion, um, people struggling with direction and guidance. Someone said this generation are struggling with criminal activity. Uh, someone said honesty. A big one was identity, acting like someone else and following the crowd. Um, some people said that our generation are struggling with unity and acceptance. Some people said that our generation is struggling with respect. Some people said uh, struggling with discipline. Um, a lot of people said they're struggling with peer, pr peer pressure. Peer pressure seems to be a really big thing. That was the biggest thing in our generation question. Uh, a lot of people said healthy relationships with others. A few people said substance abuse. Someone said self-love. Someone said um, accepting circumstances. And that was kind of all we got for the generation points. And then, strangely enough, we got like a bunch 
of cards that were saying uh, things that people were grateful for. So I'm really glad that you guys are also practicing being grateful because gratefulness and gratitude are, are, are actually amazing like focus shifters. It shifts your focus from your problem into the fact that life is actually pretty good overall and that we're doing pretty well. So um, I broke down each of these into a few major areas and uh, I want you guys to feel free to take out your phones now. Um, if you want to take pictures of the scriptures that are going to come up on the screens or if you want to go to your notepad and you want to take notes of those scriptures, um, I've got like four areas under personal and like one or two areas under the... Uh, generational struggles and I've got scriptures for all of it so today's not really a sermon as much as it is a if you've got a struggle God's got a solution so today's sermon title is God's got you because he does his word ministers into absolutely every area of our lives um, there's nothing really there's nothing that that God doesn't minister to us through so I had a very big decision to make at the beginning of the week um, and I really needed God's help. I really needed a word. You know, when your parents say that they, they went through this big life decision, so they told God, hey, I need, I need you to like minister to me. I need a word. I need confirmation. You know those words? Um, so then they say that, they, that God led them somewhere in the Bible, and they will tell you about this Bible story or this set of scripture that was basically God giving them a big yes, right? Has anybody heard of that? So I, I had that situation at the beginning of the week, um, and I, I had a conversation on Monday, and on Tuesday morning, I sat down at 5.30 in the morning, and I sat at my desk with my Bible and a notebook, and I was just like, God, this is probably one of the biggest decisions I'm going to make um, right now. So, uh, like, dude, I need something seriously concrete. And so he led me to... Um, a story in the Old Testament to the, like the most, for me in that moment, I was expecting this story or that story or that story from these characters in the Bible. Um, and, and God led me to like a completely different kind of story and character. Um, and I'll give you guys updates and specifics on what this is all about in the future. But like God led me to like what I thought was a very random piece of scripture in the Old Testament. Um, so I read a few verses at the top of it, and I was like, okay, and then I read the rest of the chapter, and I read the beginning of the next chapter, and then I said, okay, God, like, tell me what this means, because he led, he was just like, go to this book, so I went to this book, and he's like, go to this chapter, and I went to that chapter, um, and then I just started reading the chapter, and I was like, okay, this is random, but then God started explaining it to me, and it all made a lot of sense, and I got what I needed, so I want to encourage you guys that if you need guidance for your future, please sit down with God, familiarize yourself with the word, familiarize yourself with the Bible, and just let him speak. Let it be random, because you're not going to know the thoughts of God. You're not going to have all the answers. That's why we go to him. That's why we make him our source. That's why we open up our Bibles, and then just let him, let him show you, God, what university do I need to go to in the future, or what subjects do I need to pick at the end of grade nine or God am I doing the right subjects then just sit in the in front of your Bible with him and, and let him let him say him say him so let him open the Bible up to you let him reveal the future to you not you try to figure it out 
Like, no, I'm going to be clever and I'm going to go read every chapter of Proverbs tonight. Like, no, let God lead you. So these were just some scriptures that um, when preparing for this, I felt ministered into these areas. So I'm kind of going on those, those really big points that you guys told me about. So one of the first ones that I'm going to cover, um, because other than, than mental health, school and varsity and grades was like the biggest worry overall. And so I've got um, two scriptures for you guys for school, and you can even go and ask God for more. So my first scripture for those that are struggling with uh, their grades um, and school and the thoughts of varsity and all that is James chapter 1, verse 5 to 6. And I didn't manage to print verse 6, so I'm just going to quickly scroll there. And just so you guys know that James is after Hebrews, which is after Timothy, which is after another book. Um, So James chapter 1 verse 5 says, if you need wisdom, ask. Say ask. Ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Who's our faith in? God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. So basically it's saying that if you need wisdom, all you need to do is ask and then have faith in. It's very simple, right? So don't put your faith in yourself. Don't put your faith in how many hours you're going to study. Don't put your faith in how well you think you're going to listen in class or how good you are at taking notes, or how good you are at summarizing. I need you guys to put your faith in? In God. But first we need to ask. Remember last week I said that the only people that got miracles from Jesus were the people that showed up, that went to him, that reached out to his robe, that that were in his presence. So go to him. And I'm not saying that you guys need to be in front of your Bibles for an hour. I think I was in front of mine making that huge decision for like half an hour. And that was really long for me. Um, yours can be five minutes. It can be 10 minutes. It, it can be a prayer. You can read that scripture before you study, before you do your homework, before you walk into class, before you get out the car going to school, before you get to school, as, you go, as you're leaving school. Like, I love this. It's, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. Does it say, and he will kind of think about it and weigh up the, the pros and cons? No, it says, ask for wisdom and he will give it to you. So that's James chapter 1 verse 5. And our next scripture for the same topic, school uh, grades and all that kind of stuff, is 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 30. And it says, God has united you with Jesus Christ. Say, I am united with Jesus Christ. It says, for our benefits, God made him, so God made Jesus to be wisdom itself. Christ made us right with God. He has made us pure, holy, and freed us from sin. That's awesome. So you guys are already pure. You're already holy. You're already free from sin. And so we just get to live in the wisdom. So remember James said, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God. And then in in 1 Corinthians, it says that Jesus is wisdom. So ask Jesus for wisdom. And the Bible says that he will literally be wisdom to you in that moment. Jesus is your wisdom. So say, Jesus Jesus is my wisdom. That's such awesome pieces of scripture. And so how often do we need to read this? As often as you need. Whenever you have need, if you want to write this 
in every single one of your, your books, every single one of your textbooks, every single one of your, your writing books, if you guys still write some books, unless you write on iPads, then I don't know, find a blank sticker, write the script, scripture on the sticker and stick it to the back of your iPad or to the back of your laptop. Just put it somewhere that you're always going to see it so that you can read it all the time. So that's just two scriptures. And there's so many other wisdom scriptures. If you guys want to get wiser, if you want to literally experience God changing your mind in the way that you think, then go to the book of Proverbs. So Proverbs has 31 chapters, one for each day of the month. And if it's February and there's only 28 days, then you can read four chapters on the last day of February. Isn't that exciting? Could you get to catch up all four? Um, and ladies, Psalm, I mean, Proverbs chapter 31 is so important to you. Please, the men need you to read that one. No, I'm kidding. Guys, also the men need to read Ephesians chapter 5. It says, husbands, uh, you should love Christ as Christ loved the church, willing to die for her. So gentlemen, women only need to respect you, but you need to be willing to die for her. So, yeah, we all have our responsibilities. We all have our humilities that we need to do. And so my next, uh, my next topic that we're going to focus on uh, was finding good friends. Because I think that this is probably one of the most important decisions that we can make uh, regularly in our lives is are we associating ourselves with, you know, good people? It's not that we cut toxic people out of our lives because toxic behaviors, whether you do it to toxic people, you're still doing it. Like, T cutting people off and canceling them is not a, um, is not a biblical thing to do. We're, we're called to be the salt of the earth, the light in the world, the love. So let's pray and ask God for wisdom, James 1 verse 5. Ask God for wisdom and he'll give it to you. And let's have wisdom in our friendships so that we can be people that build people up and raise people up and help our friends to get better, that we're encouraging, that we're pushing them towards greatness instead of cutting them down or laughing at them when they don't do well. So I have three scriptures for friendships. Sorry, I have four scriptures for friendships because this is super important. And, and it's so interesting that a lot of good scriptures about friendships are in Proverbs. So there's wisdom and friendship that really do go together. So Proverbs chapter 17, verse 17 says, a friend is always loyal, and a brother is born to help in a time of need. When your friend has need, be helpful. Be encouraging. If you can't give of your finances, if you can't show up at their house because you don't have a car, then pray for them. That's helpful. Encourage them. Love on them. Be there for them. Be an ear to listen. You don't always need to talk. You just need to say, how does that make you feel? Help me to understand. I want to be there for you. I want to listen to your needs. Be a good friend. Be helpful. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 9. The heartfelt counsel of a friend. You know when your friend is hurting and you want to give advice and it's coming from like this deep place here of this, I love my friend and I will say and do anything to help them. That's heartfelt counsel. It says the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. It's like an aroma. It's, it, it, it just brings this sweetness into the environment. So sometimes we don't necessarily always know what to say. We don't necessarily have all the answers, but just the fact that you're trying and that you want to be there for your friend and you want to encourage them, 
that is what God would say is a sweet aroma. It's a sweet perfume. We need to do more of that in our friendships. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, same chapter, different scripture. As iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. If your friends are making you dull and they're not helping you grow and become of more benefit or they're not making you sharper in this world and you feel like they're holding you back, that's not what you need. So it's not that you again cut off that friend. It's that you say, hey, I feel like this activity, this way of thinking is not beneficial to us. I think we need to grow out of this. I think we need to get better. So as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Help them grow. Encourage them. There's so many ways to sharpen a friend. Literally, just when your friends are going through a worldly season, like you can literally just consistently love upon them and be there for them and keep encouraging them, keep speaking God's truth into their lives. Not like, well, you know that if you smoke weed, you're going to hell. Like, no, it's like, hey, I still believe the calling that God has on your life. I still believe that there's so much potential for you. I believe God has amazing things in store for you. He's preparing the way for you. You know, I'm really grateful to have you in my life. And you just show good Christian character to them. And that means that you're sharpening them. So be a sharpener. Don't be someone that does other things. So like, there's this illustration that like, it's, it's iron sharpens iron. Don't have friends that are wood because when you chop away at wood with an iron axe, it blunts and dulls the blade. But you want to be able to sharpen each other for what God has prepared for you. And then probably my favorite scripture when it comes to friendship actually has nothing to do with friendship. It's in John chapter 14, verse 14. And, and this is Jesus speaking to his disciples and he's saying, yes, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Who's going to do it? Jesus, God. So he says, ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. And why did I bring this scripture in? Because sometimes we need to ask for good friends. God, help me to get into a good friendship circle that's going to build me up, that's going to help me grow, that's going to boost my confidence, that I'm going to have people that are surrounding me, that are there for me, that actually care about me. And uh, so in 2017, at the ripe young age of however old I was at that time, um, I realized... And gents and everybody listen to this. This is actually a pretty good story also for relationships that um, I had a lot of female friends. Like that was predominantly my friendship group. I didn't really have that many guy friends. Like I had a guy best friend in primary school. He went to K's. I went to a Christian school and we, we just drifted apart. Um, I had some friends in my high school and then my best friend moved to the States. And again, I just didn't really have that many guy friends around me. And I just was surrounded by female friends. And then I was like, if I ever want to get into a relationship and I, and I get a girlfriend, I'm going to lose all my friends. Who knows that when you go into a relationship, suddenly all your other, your, your opposite sex friendships like fade away. At least that's what I noticed. Like I couldn't, if I couldn't like have a girlfriend and then still go and, and have all my female friendships because then she would think that like I don't value her or that I'm cheating on her or that um, something's always going on with one of these other women. So I said to God, like, 
Lord, if I'm going to have a girlfriend, if I'm going to get married one day, I need guy friends. Otherwise, I'm going to be alone forever. I won't have any friendships left because I can't take my girlfriend seriously. And at the time it was like, yeah, I, I can't take my girlfriend seriously. And, and she can't think that I'm serious about our relationship if I'm still hanging on to all the honeys on the side, right? Um, so I knew that in my head. That was just the wisdom of, of Christ. So I said to God, hey, Lord, I seriously need some guy friends. Please, I need some, I, I, it wasn't even deep. I didn't even say like, I need some guy friends that have the same interests as me. I need them to be on this intelligence level. I need them to raise me up. I need them to be this, this, and that. Like, I literally just said to God, I need some guy friends. And a couple of months later, uh, Pastor Allen asked me to start a connect group, a young adults connect group. Um, and I started it in the April of 2017. And uh, some guys uh, signed up for my connect group and we joined and we had group together for a number of years and to, and to this day six years later I'm still friends with pretty much every single one of them and I'm so grateful that I was led into that moment where I could find those friendships so I want to encourage you guys is that if you want new friends ask ask who God so that's why I said John 14, 14, if you, want, if you need anything, ask me in my name and I will do it. Especially for friendships. We've just read about how important friendships are. Do you think God wants you to be alone? Do you think God wants you to have terrible friendships? No. So let's ask God. God, please bring me into a place, a space where I can make good, genuine, deep friendships with people that are not so obsessed with themselves, but that we can actually look out for one another, that we can serve one another, that we can have friendships that last decades long. Um, one of my best friends today um, that I met in my first high school, in that Christian school, we met in 2011, and we're still friends to today. And I encourage him towards his calling. He encourages encourages me to mine. He was the one that went to the United States. And even though we had a seven hour time difference with me being here and him being in New York, we still made phone calls every now and then. Um, I don't think we ever video called, but like we're still best friends and we still go for coffee today. Um, and we're always just bumping each other up to what, towards what God has for us. So yeah, that's my 12 year old friendship. Um, yeah, it's like, it's not nearly, it's almost half my life. So God will give you good friends. I want to encourage you guys with that. And I'm sure a lot of you have met some really awesome people here at youth. Cool. Um, my, next, my next topic was self-love, approval, self-confidence, and self-esteem. Um, some of you were struggling with self-love and your self-esteem and your confidence. And this is not a scripture. This is from my heart to yours, is that you guys are amazing. You guys are worth it. You guys are precious, you are loved, you are incredible, you are made for a time such as this. You don't need to be afraid because your future is taken care of and you are lovable, you are worth having around, you are worth knowing, you are worth being friended, you are worth having your voice being heard. You could be on this stage and everybody should listen. So. If you're struggling with your self-love or, or, or approval, confidence, and self-esteem, I, I have some scriptures for you this morning that I believe God has 
spoken to us for these kinds of moments. And so the first scripture is, um, and this speak, you need to hear this and hear how this speaks directly into your value because sometimes we lack self-confidence because we don't know how valuable we are. Do you, I don't think you guys understand what God traded for you. And so this is, not, this is actually not one of my scriptures, but John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever so believed in him would not perish but have eternal life. In order for God to bring you back to himself, he had to give his son. The price that was paid for your life, the value that is on your life is not numerical. It can't be measured in dollars or pounds or Kuwaiti dinar. It's the blood of Jesus. Say, I am worth the blood of Jesus. I am worth the God's son. That's how valuable you are. So let's read Romans chapter 8, verse 15 to 16. This is one of the scriptures that I wrote down. It says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. We've read this like twice in the last four weeks, and now it's three times. It says, now we call him Abba Father. He is our Father. He is where our value comes from. He is where our security comes from. It says, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Say, I am a child of God. I can do everything he says I can do. You are somebody that is literally in covenant with God, meaning that you are joined to him. You can do whatever he says you can do. If he says, I'm leading you in this place, it looks difficult, but I've got you, then you've got to say, yes, God, I know I can because I'm not doing it in my own strength. I'm doing it with you. If you're struggling with your self-love, you need to realize that it's hard to love yourself maybe because you've got some things that you feel like you've let everybody down with. You've let yourself down. Maybe you, you don't have all the glitz and the glamour so you don't feel like everybody's looking at you or you feel like you're not the most prominent voice in a room and everybody else is talking over you and no one ever wants to hear your voice and your opinion, I want to tell you today, they don't matter. Those opinions don't matter. Those things don't matter. The material doesn't matter. God's opinion matters. And he says, you were worth dying for. You were worth dying for. I was willing to go up that hill, on that tree, bleed and die my, and breathe my last breath for you. That's how valuable you are. So please, don't try to love yourself. Try to see how Jesus loves you and then you'll start loving yourself. So then my second scripture for this was Psalm 139 verse 13 to 14. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body. You and knit me together in my mother's womb. Say, I am knit together by the hands of God. It says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And you need to be able to say that about yourself. David was saying, your workmanship is marvelous. Talking about himself. David, thank you that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am, I am good workmanship. I am marvelous. And sometimes it feels like pride to say that, but if you talk badly about yourself, you're talking badly about something that God has handmade. Does God make bad things? So are you a bad thing? 
Okay, so we need to be able to say, I am marvelous. Say, I am marvelous. I am, marvelous. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That's the truth. There is no other truth other than that. You are handmade by God. You are a child of God, a handmade child of God. He knit you together. He spoke everything else into existence, but you he made with his hands because you are significant, because you matter, because he loves you. He's in love with you. That's where your value comes from. That's how we start to love ourselves. Trust me, I have things that I, I don't particularly like about myself, but my favorite choice is to not have to think about those things or to think that God is working those things for good, that somehow through those weaknesses, through those terrible or irritating parts of myself, those frustrating things, he's going to work it for good. And then we come to mental health, something I think our generation definitely needs to hear a lot more about in terms of what God says about it. And so I want to let you guys know now is that God doesn't unrecognize what you're going through. What am I saying is that God sees and acknowledges that mental health is a, a current battle. A lot of people want to say it doesn't exist or just you're, you're overthinking it or, you know, it's, it's all in your head. Like God says, okay, those, those things might be true, but I recognize your anxiety. I recognize your slumps. I recognize your depression. I recognize that you're struggling with your emotions and with your mental health. And I've spoken into those things because I knew they were going to happen. So my first scripture for this, for our mental health, is Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 to 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. We've read this verse last week. Don't worry about anything. How do we do that? How do I not be anxious? It says in another version, be anxious for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, make your requests made known to God. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray. In, replace your anxiety. Replace your depression with prayer. I'm not saying that it's, it's that easy. It's not like my phone was facing this way and then I flipped it that way and it's, and it's suddenly cured, right? No, but when you are feeling anxious, when you are feeling depressed, when you're feeling hopeless, when you're feeling helpless, pray. Say something. Say something to God. You're not alone. There's literally a scripture that says you're not alone somewhere. It says, um, and I actually wrote down one of these scriptures and I didn't end up printing it. Isaiah chapter, going the wrong way. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 says, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. Who's going to strengthen you? Who's going to help you? I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. You're in the palm of God's hand. And who here knows what the right hand symbolizes in the Bible? You can just shout it out. It's a good answer, but it's not the right one. Protection is good, but it's not the right one. Right hand symbolizes favor. Whenever an inheritance would be given, whenever a blessing would be given in the Old Testament, the person giving the blessing would place their right hand on the head of whoever was being prayed for. So it says, you are being held up by, by my victorious right hand. 
I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. So first of all, God's hand is victorious. And second of all, you have the favor of God. Say, I have the favor of God. So let's read that scripture one more time. Don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. And I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. That is Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10 for anybody that wanted it. So let's carry on reading Philippians. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he has done. Thankfulness is a huge perspective shifter, everybody. If you're in a slump, if you're in a tough time, be thankful. Find things to be thankful and you'll feel that faith start to rise up like a fire inside your heart. Then you will experience God's, then you will experience God's peace. Whose peace? You don't need to still yourself. You don't need to do breathing techniques, although they do help. But first, let's go to God. God, I'm having a panic attack right now. I, I, I can hardly breathe. I, I can't do this. Help me. And then, <sighs> thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You are my place of safety. And how do I know that? Because I've had panic attacks recently. I've been hijacked recently. I had a... I was driving on the, uh, on the road on Friday with Taylor. We were just coming back from Ram, having to get new, um, trying to get her car that was stolen deregistered. And um, we're driving back and we're, we're driving on the bridge at Marlborough. And Taylor, Taylor's already having a panic attack because we're so close to where it happened. And then um, I saw a guy in a white shirt and pants. And in, that was my trigger because a guy in, in a white shirt um, and dark pants was the guy that pointed a gun in my face. So I was triggered, and I just felt this hot flush of panic just go over me. Um, and there was even another point in the week where I just started having anxiety about driving. Um, but I just had to trust that God was with me, and I just prayed. I put on the worship, and I let God just wash over me and let his presence wash over me. So when you're feeling anxious, please, for the love of God, invite him in. I promise you, I don't know, if you struggle with anxiety chronically and you're on medication for it, I don't know if it'll happen overnight. It can, say it can. God can. Do it overnight. So he can do it. I want, I want you guys to know right now that God can do miracles like that. In, in 20, 250 milliseconds, God can do things like that. He can change, he can change everything right now. But if he doesn't, it's going to be okay. He's still walking with you through the journey. So then he, you will experience God peace, which exceeds everything we can understand. A lot of people don't understand how I'm just casually carrying on with what I'm doing and why I'm not packing my bags and immigrating. I've been, I've been mugged or hijacked twice in seven months. Uh, but I, my, my, you can't rattle me. You can't rattle me. The devil can't rattle me because my peace is in God. He's the one carrying me. He's the one working all things for good. I don't put my security in, my, in which route I drive. I don't put my security in, in knowing any statistics about this city or having any hacks or where I live. My security is in God. So let him be your security. And then the other scripture for those that are struggling with their mental health is Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 to 29. It says, then Jesus said, 
come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Say, Jesus will give me rest. It says, take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus didn't say you will find rest for your spirits. He said you'll find rest for your souls because we're three-part beings, body, soul, spirit. Everybody say that, body, soul, spirit. So this is my body. My spirit is what God has breathed into me. And my soul is where my emotions are. My soul is where my reasoning and my emotions are. So Jesus is saying you will find rest for your emotions because sometimes we're panicking. Sometimes a lot of the problems we're going through are emotional problems. But Jesus says, come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens because depression and anxiety are incredibly heavy. I can squat 140 kilos. Sometimes I can't carry the burden of anxiety. It's different weight. It's, it's soul-crushing. It's, it's hope-destroying kind of weight, Right? with that anxiety and that depression, that hopelessness. But Jesus says, I will give you rest, and I will give you rest for your souls. So he says, come to me and bring all those burdens to me. There's a verse somewhere in First or Second Peter that says, um, come to me, all of you who carry heavy burdens, and I'll give you rest. Another scripture that's basically like this. Um, or no, it says, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. That's in First or Second Peter. You guys can Google that one. Um, so those are the ones for mental health. I know it just seems like there's only two scriptures. Actually, no, I've got more. Second Timothy verse one. Sorry, Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. It says, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline or sound mind." Say, "I have not got a spirit of fear, but of power." of love and sound mind. That's what God has given you. That is what he's given you. And then we're going to go back to Romans chapter 8, verse 15. I don't know who's back there doing scriptures, but thank you. You're doing all the things. Romans chapter 8, verse 15. So it says, you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Say, I am not a fearful slave. It says, instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. So the opposite of being a fearful slave is being a child of God. That's basically what the scripture says. So if you're a child of God and you are always looking to Abba, you're always looking to the Father and saying, thank you, Lord, you have everything in control. Because you look to him as a child would look to their parents, there's no space for fear. There is no space for fear. And then there's one other scripture that I actually forgot to put down. It's in uh, 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, or 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. And I just went through all my Johns. Here it is. Um, wait, that's chapter 1. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says, So now we can, whoa, wrong, wrong chapter. Here we go, finally, he found it. I'm going to read from verse 7. It says, Dear friends, let us continue to love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not know God does not, sorry, anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. Say, God is love. 
and let that be the most foundational scripture in your hearts is that God is love. There is no other truth. God is not like a tyrant. He's not hateful. He's not trying to put fear in your heart. He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to get payback. He's not trying to teach you a lesson the hard way. God is love. He's not vindictful. Verse 9 says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love, not that we love God, but that God loved us. Sacrifice to take away our sins. In verse 18 says, um, such love has no fear because perfect love expels all fear. If we are afraid, it is for fear of punishment, and this shows that we have not fully experienced his perfect love. So the perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love is God himself. He will cast out your fears. He is love. Does that make sense? So perfect love casts out all fear. And God is love. And then uh, Romans chapter 8 verse 15, remember that you are a child of God and children of God do not have fear. So just speak that into your situation. Um, And read these verses again. How often? As much as you need all the time. Like write it in permanent marker on your mirror at home if you need to. And then tell your parents you will get like just rubbing alcohol and wash it off or something. Or I don't know, write it on with a whiteboard marker. If you don't have a whiteboard marker, then write it on a piece of paper with, uh, with a pencil or a pen and stick it somewhere somehow. Make a way. Make, Paul says in the Bible, labor into that rest. The only works that we're meant to do, the only labor we're meant to have is to work for the rest of God. Do whatever it takes. So that we scripture, do whatever it takes so that you're getting the ministry of God into the area where you're struggling. So take down these scriptures, take down these notes and put them somewhere. Romans chapter, okay, so that was uh, the last thing with personal struggles. Um, We're going to go into the two main things uh, with the generational struggles before we end. Um, So the two main things were basically identity, acting like someone else and following the crowd. And honestly, people can't have identity and they can't stop following the crowd when they don't know who they are in Jesus. Because you will try to find your identity in, every, in anywhere else. You know, there's a God-shaped hole in our hearts and he, only He can fill it and everybody else is searching for some sort of fulfillment. So they'll look for their identity here or they'll follow the crowd there. They'll go wherever they can to find some fulfillment in their hearts. So we don't need to be upset with them or angry at them or boastful that we have God. We actually need to mourn and be sad for our friends that just follow the crowd because they're lost. Lost people need to be prayed for. Lost people need to be found. Lost people need to be loved. So let's love them. That was the command that Jesus gave us. That's the only command he gave us. And peer pressure. You can't, you can't avoid falling into peer pressure if you have no other concrete thing that you're holding on to. If your pillar and your, your foundation is not Jesus, you will fall for anything else. You will just go with the peer pressure because you'll go wherever makes you feel good or wherever you find acceptance. But once you know your acceptance and your identity is in the the finished work of Jesus and it's in being a child of God, you don't need to fall for peer pressure because if they disapprove of you not following them, that doesn't impact your identity. That doesn't impact your value because your value is not in what people think of you. It's not in the activities they want you to do. It's in God. It's in Jesus. 
So that's very simple. If, if the world would know Jesus, they would stop struggling with their identities. They wouldn't follow the crowd and they wouldn't, have, they wouldn't struggle with peer pressure. So if you are struggling with peer pressure, I want you to ask questions about your friendships. I want, to ask, I want you to ask questions about your own values. I'm not pointing fingers at you because I've been there. I've, I've struggled with peer pressure. I've, I've struggled with my identity. I've tried to behave and act like somebody else. And I'm so comfortable in who I am right now because I don't even care really who I am. I'm just trying to follow Jesus. I'm just looking at him. I'm just trying to be the best that I can for him. And that's where my comfort is, is that he's my identity. He's my rock solid foundation. So we should actually be praying for, for, for those that are out there. Praying for what? Praying that they would find Jesus. Praying that they would find their security in him. And that the answers that they need and the fulfillment that they need, the dopamine, the goodness, the, every good feeling they'll find in God's presence. And that also they'll find really fun, really awesome friendships in the local church. That they can have a good time that we don't just come here and sit on our knees and pray until they bleed and cry in God's presence about how awful we are. Like, no, we're wonderful in Jesus. And we get to have awesome friendships. Like, there's just, like, I love watching our, um, our leadership team, our adult leadership team, because they're such a greatly, great and tightly knit unit. You guys have so much, they have so much fun. There, there's so much vibes. There's so much there's so many, so many good friendships and relationships. They had like a, a movie night for somebody's 21st birthday here in the youth hall on Friday. And they had a, a, just the most fun. Um, and they found that security and those good friendships here at church. So God will do it. So yeah, that's pretty much me ministering into those points. But I know there's a lot of other things here that we maybe haven't mentioned today, but I want to let you know that God has... God sees you. And I know I asked about struggles and what people are struggling with, but these are technically also prayer requests. So we're actually going to take some time to pray for these things right now. So can we just lift our hands as we pray for ourselves and for everybody in this room? Lord, I thank you for each and every single person here that has brought their struggles into the light. I thank you that they were honest. I thank you for their vulnerability. God, you see them. You see their struggles. You see what's on their hearts. You see what's in their lives. And God, we thank you for each and every single struggle that's here today, each and every single prayer request that is written here today. God, I thank you that you are ministering into these spaces. I thank you that there is security. I thank you that there is value. I thank you that there is love just flowing into each and every single person's heart today. I thank you that these struggles would turn around. I thank you and I declare for victories, victories in Jesus' name in all these areas, Father. I thank you that they would find their rock-solid foundation in you, that they would find their answers in you. Father, I thank you that they would open up their Bibles and that they would see you, that they would take that time to be vulnerable with you. And we know that you are faithful, that you will speak to them, God. So I thank you for significant words for everybody this year. I thank you that you are speaking into their hearts and into their lives in a way that is so special and profound like only you can in Jesus name and we pray for our generation we thank you God that they would find their way into our churches into our friendship circles father where they will be impacted by the love of Jesus Christ we thank you for this Lord that you are turning things around that you are doing a miraculous work and that we get to be the hands and feet and mouths of God that get to be used in this season in Jesus name amen